everybody, and welcome to the Two Jobbers and a Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. On today's show, I have a good friend of mine, someone I've known for over 10 years now. Uh, it's my good friend, Julian Rodriguez. Julian, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. I gotta say, honestly, this is like a bit of a dream come true for me, man. You know, I've been I've been a fan <laughs> when when you were the when you had the original podcast with like your brother and all and all of them. So yeah, yeah, yeah this is pretty cool. Oh, I'm happy, man. I'm happy we could finally get you on the show. Um, start today's show, man. You know, quarantine, coronavirus. How you doing, man? Uh. It could, I mean, it, it's pretty bad. I mean, that, it definitely could be worse. Like, I know a few people who definitely have, like, lost loved ones because of all yeah, this. Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 I thankfully, thank God, I haven't yet. So, you know, I'm very fortunate about that. Uh, little things, I mean, you know, I hate doing school from home. Uh, like, I like being in the classroom. But other than that, you know, just staying healthy. Just thankful for that, I guess. Yeah, man, it's all we can really do right now. You know, just stay in, stay healthy, be safe. That's all we can really go go on from here. To start today's yeah. podcast, Julian, I got to ask you, what got you into wrestling? What got me into wrestling? Like, truthfully, it was um, – okay, so the, the, where it starts back is, like, I remember when I was really little, like, I was, like, about maybe four or five years old, I used to hang out with my cousins who live upstairs from me, and mm. they were big wrestling fans, and, like, they were, like, big, like, stone cold, like – and even though I was little, I was too little to really even understand what was going on. Like, I remember, like, they used to have the action figures, and I always, like, I was always big into action figures, so I would always kind of, like, play with them and stuff like that, and I always kind of, like, even though I never knew their names, like, I remember, like, like I know now, like, I, my favorite figure was Kane, just because he looked really cool. He had, <laughs> yeah, like, the yeah, mask yeah. and everything, he exactly. just looked dope. And, and yeah, I used to see them watching it, so that was kind of my first, like, exposure to it, but I never really kind of got into it until, like, middle school, where all my friends there were really into wrestling, and then that's when I kind of, you know, really started getting into it there, and all, like, the characters and the matches and all that stuff, so, you know, okay. that's kind of where that happened. Nice. And uh, who would you say is your favorite wrestler of all time? Oh, that's that's so hard. Like, I mean, I feel like I've had very few wrestlers that I've really kind of connected with that I've like I've like always stuck through because it was just like I mean I used to be a big Batista fan, but I always liked like babyface Batista. But when he went heel, like I couldn't stand him because I always just thought he was a really annoying heel. Uh, I was too young to really kind of be into Stone Cold at the time. So yeah, it, I mean, I guess Batista. But like like I said, I've, I've kind of liked a bunch of different wrestlers all throughout time so no yeah i, yeah. I hear you man I, I i get it uh so to to start today's podcast uh it's something that you know actually was announced this morning and i figured you know you could definitely give us some info about it because you're uh you know you're also like a usc kind of guy um so this morning wwe announced that they released kane velasquez of his contract i did see that i mean I actually didn't even know Kane Velasquez was in the WWE. <laughs> he was in. I, I remember actually. I remember hearing. I thought. I remember seeing the thing where like he came out and like jumped Brock Lesnar yep, or something, yep, right? That happened. And and so I thought that was just kind of like, oh yeah, like that was just a cool, kind of cool like guest appearance. Like I didn't really think anything of it. I didn't know he was actually under like a WWE contract. Like he was supposed to have matches and everything. Yeah. So he was under contract. Uh, he he made his debut last October. Uh, he had one match, and it was against Lesnar, and it was for the WWE title at the time. Um, and was it good? The match was probably, like, three minutes long. It wasn't really... It wasn't enough for me to, like, judge him. Uh, 
I'm kind of happy they let him go. Reason here is because I had seen Cain Velasquez like in some like uh, independent promotions before he came to WWE, mm-hmm. and believe it or not, he can do some crazy high flying moves. Really? Okay. Like, really good like luchador style wrestling, but because he's Cain Velasquez, I know for a fact that that's all WWE would have seen him as. And he just would have yeah. been an MMA fighter, so they wouldn't have let him get to his full potential. And honestly, like I'm kind of over like, like WWE pushing like you know MMA stars like as MMA stars. Like you know, if someone like him can do those things, like let him do some different things. Like don't let that be yeah. his character. Right. I mean, I, I remember in the UFC, he was like a he was a he was a badass. Like he was like knocking people out left and right. I mean, the fact that you're saying he's like a high flyer, I was like, oh wow. Like, cause it's like if you saw the way he fought in the UFC, like you would never assume that he would ever be like a high flyer. He was just kind of like a mauler and just kind of just dropping bombs on guys. So, okay. I mean, and like I mean, I don't like again. Like obviously, half the business in the WWE is aside from obviously aside like aside from the wrestling is like your your acting. Like literally, like oh, absolutely, the promos yeah. and all that. Um, as someone who's just kind of like a UFC fighter, I mean, I really have no idea how he would cut a promo or what that would look like. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, obviously, I don't think the, uh, the, the WWE lost anything by cutting him, so. I agree. You know. <clears throat> uh, okay, on to the first question today. So, I've been watching a bunch of, uh, classic matches lately, and okay. th- this popped in my head, and I was like, oh, you know, I'll probably bring this up on, on the podcast. Why are the best rivalries... Uh, between, like, best friends turned enemies in in wrestling? Like, wh- why would you say? Well, I feel like most of the time, like, like best friends in the WWE, when they're actually best friends on TV, like, they're typically, at least from what I've seen, they're typically really good friends, like, in real life. Like, obviously, outside exactly, of yeah. And which means that they actually, like, like working out together, like, training together. And so they have, like, really, like, really, really top-notch chemistry with together. And therefore, like, they could, like, they know exactly what they're going to do. They know their moves. So they can kind of pull off these really creative counters and matches. They could, like, obviously, they could, like, dig at each other for, like, good fun when it comes to, like, promos and all oh, that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I would have to agree, you know, uh, the the one that, that, that got me thinking about that question off the bat when I was watching some old school matches was, uh, you know, Triple H, uh, Shawn Michaels. Like, that was that was kind of probably going to be, they, like, my first example. Yeah. They put on some of the best matches, like, you'll ever see, like, in wrestling. And, like, yeah. I agree with what you're saying. You know, it's, you're working with someone who you know is, like, your best friend, and you know that they're going to be safe with you. And, like, because it's your best friend, you probably think, like, you know what, like, I can go a little more here because... Like I know how he works and he knows how I work. Yeah, exactly. Like I like not too long ago I watched um I forgot what WrestleMania it was, but it was the one with the triple threat match with Shawn Michaels, Triple H and Chris Benoit. Yeah. And just looking at that from like a pure like wrestling um like a card, like I like, guess like putting it together, it's just like, all right, well you got two guys who are like best friends and you know have chemistry with each other. And Chris Benoit, he was just such a good wrestler. You could have put him in the ring with anybody. He probably made him look good. Very true. Yeah. So it's just like, so that was just like a perfect like, like match put together. It was, yeah. And it turned out no. to be a really good match too. So. No, absolutely. I would have to agree. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, just to elaborate some other like rivalries in my head from uh, you know, friends and enemies, you know. You got Edge versus Christian. Yes. You yeah. got uh, Undertaker Kane. Um, uh, of, of the more recent side, you have Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Like, right. 
it, there's just a lot there. And it's crazy when you look back to, like, it's these matches between these people who are, like, are the best rivals. Because, listen, these are matches, too, where, like, you don't necessarily need a title. Like, they're just no. so good that they could just do it, like, on their own. Yeah, like, so because the friendships, like, when obviously a friendship turned to rivalry, if, like, the friendship was good, obviously it's going to become a good rivalry. That alone is bigger than almost any title. And, no, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, moving on here. Uh, I, I wanted to ask this because, you know, I know that, like, we're both into video games and all that. So, 2K announced that they're not going to have WWE 2K21. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw... But they were like, we're going to announce something else. I, I did see. I know exactly where you're talking. Yeah. Um, you know, before they announced it, you know, I, I was speculating. I was like, listen, you know, if it's like a different kind of game that's, you know, still relevant in, in some way, like I'm with it. Or I even said, listen, if you just want to like, you know, just put like some crazy update on the current game and just add like a bunch of DLC to that, like I would have been fine with that, too. Right. But no. What did we get? We got WWE 2K Battlegrounds. And I was looking at this and I was like, wow. This is this was your big announcement. I was like, I should not have been excited. I was like, WWE does it again. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I really haven't played like a WWE game in like a while. Yeah. Um like not too long. I'm actually maybe I I don't say, I can't really remember what the last video game like it was definitely WWE 2K something. Okay. But um but yeah, so I mean I remember hearing that this last one wasn't that great. It was super glitchy. It was. And very true. Yeah, and I heard like all the issues with it. So and when they announced this, I was like, Oh, I mean I feel like every like every so often we gotta get that one super arcadey uh WWE yeah. game. Like remember WWE was it Superstars or something like all that? Stars, w- all stars. All stars, yeah. all stars. Yeah, yeah, like that. Like that's when I saw this, I was like, Oh, this is like WWE All Stars two. Yeah, like, it I looked like the same, same thing. exact thing. Yep. Like they have like the big like brawl yeah. like gears of war like bodies and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, I mean, listen, they said they're they're doing this because they 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 want more time on the next game, and you know, hopefully they actually use it. You know, they're saying they're gonna do it. I hope you actually use this time to actually build a better or different wrestling game. And you don't just say that and then come, you know, two years from now or whatever it is, and your new game comes out and it's like, oh, well, it's it's basically the same thing 2K20 was. Like, you didn't well, do anything. It's 2K. I mean, I'm guessing 2K is still keeping the they like, are. WWE license, they right? Are. So, yeah. so this game basically is kind of <laughs> like in like in a uh, in the middle type thing, because again, they're gonna use more time now to develop like the next 2K game. For WWE and like try to make sure like they put all of like their energy on that because of how how uh um not well received the the latest game was. Right. Yeah, I mean I saw it and like the first image is like like the rock throwing John Cena into like an alligator's mouth yeah. and I'm like, well, what's going what is this? <laughs> I was like, what's going on? But uh yeah, I mean I didn't think too much into it. I was like, obviously I'm not gonna get it. It's not really my type of game, so but I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm right there with you. You know, it's it's definitely not my type of game. Uh, I probably wouldn't buy it. Uh, if it was like on like let's say Game Pass, I would probably download it and like try it. But yeah, like I'm not gonna go out of my way to buy it. Negative. Yeah, no, I I definitely won't either. 
Um, before we move on from WWE here, uh, question I want to I want to get on your uh, from your opinion. So this WrestleMania you watched, it was the first yes. WrestleMania you watched probably in a couple of years. Yeah, and yeah. it was a two night event because of you know what's going on in the world. And recently, Triple H was asked on a on a podcast. Uh, they asked him, you know, like, is it possible we see WrestleMania two nights in the future? And he legit said, he was like, listen, I think that's a great idea. He was like, I think it's better than the whole, like, eight-hour extravaganza, like, on a Sunday. He's like, I think the two-night thing could actually really work. What's your opinion on WrestleMania being two nights? I mean, like, I feel like it's the kind of thing where it's just, like, the pros and cons don't really, like, outweigh one another. It's just kind of, like, perfectly matched. I mean, the only reason why I, d- I don't think it would it should be like that is because it's like okay so obviously you're trying to obviously when it comes to something like that or like and this goes for everything like movies video games you're always trying to accommodate for like the lowest like the lowest form of fan in the sense that like who's the person that would like least likely watch and you want to try to get that person to watch yeah so the point i'm getting at obviously it was like saturday sunday right yeah so Obviously, like, the only reason why it was good now, because everyone's inside. Like, everyone's going to be most – every WWE fans most likely going to be watching because it's like, what are they doing? There's nothing open on a true. Saturday night. No, very true. When it gets to a point where, obviously, everything opens up again, like, like I'm pretty sure your average uh, young adult isn't going to want to be inside watching WrestleMania. They're probably going to be want to go to, like, a bar or something or whatever. No, what that's absolutely true. It's a good point. So it's just like, which is why on Sunday, it's just like, oh, like, that's why football does so well on Sunday. Because, like, no one's really doing anything on a Sunday night. Because, I mean, except maybe going to, like, you know, a bar for a little bit, watch the one Sunday night football game, and then go home. Yeah. Like, depending on whatever you're – because it's like, obviously, people have work in the morning. People have work Monday mornings. So it's just like, most likely, you're going to catch them at home. So that's why True. I think it kind of works better there. It's just like, okay, everyone hangs out on Sunday. Um, I mean, true. I mean, what time does WrestleMania usually end, uh, like, typically? So the past previous years, uh, it's actually been starting around four or five o'clock for like the pre-show, and pre-show included like with the main event and everything. Uh, it sometimes doesn't end till honestly between twelve and one a.m. Yes, yeah, I mean, like if anything, I would say like like let it be like an all-day thing on Sunday. I was just I like, you. I mean, depending on what day, what Sunday it is, I guess, but it's just like, let it just be an all day thing. Like, start early and have it end at a reasonable time. So, literally, like, you can get everyone watching. Like, every WWE fan that really cares to watch, you can get them all watching in that one Sunday because it's, it's WrestleMania. Yeah. So it's just, no? Yeah. You know. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, I mean, uh, just to directly answer your question, I guess I, I disagree. I think it would just be better as the, just the Sunday, just the Sunday event. So, yeah. No, yeah, I, I hear you. So you brought up some really good points there. Um, so <laughs> I know when I told you you're gonna be on the podcast, you were like, "Bro, we gotta talk AEW." And listen, yes, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Let's talk some AEW. Let's talk uh, AEW. First thing I'm gonna bring about AEW, and I've told you this many of times uh, from our previous discussions. Uh, the thing about AEW right now that I I need fixed, which it seems like it's happening, mm-hmm. is I had told you, listen, AEW has a lot of great talent, mm-hmm, yes. and they need a, a mid-card title. Yeah, which, which because they actually, yeah. Which, which they're doing right now, you know, they're, they're doing a tournament for the TNT Championship. Yes. Um. Yeah, listen, <clears throat> I say they need a mid-card title because, you know, people, for example, like Kenny Omega, 
Kenny Omega, we both discussed, is amazing. We both love Kenny Omega. He's honest, a great Honest to God, Kenny Omega is probably my favorite, like, wrestler today. Yeah, like, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and listen, I, I do think one day Kenny Omega will definitely be the AEW world champion. That's without question. Right. But he's currently in a tag team with Hangman Page, which is fine. But they were kind of a tag team that, you know, just kind of thrown together because right. – yeah. I feel like you can't have someone like Kenny Omega in your company and, like, he's not holding a title. So yeah. it's like, I really believe you need that mid-card title to put on someone like Kenny Omega because I just believe he's better as a singles wrestler. Absolutely. There's, there's other wrestlers there, too, who I think would benefit from, you know, a mid-card title. You know, people like, I don't know, maybe like Brody Lee, the Exalted right. No, I, I was actually thinking about this right before we started the show, and I was like, I think the cool part about what's going on with AEW right now that kind of differentiates from WWE is just that I feel like WWE has a lot of like, like mid card level guys that yeah. even them you don't you can't see them be champions. Like they're just there for like a joke. They're just kind of like, oh, ha ha. Here's here's uh, I, I can't really think of anyone right now, but it's just like here's the, this guy who's just there to be funny. He's probably like, gonna win, like, a mid-card title just out of, like, pure luck just because they're gonna throw him a bone. But I feel like there's so many more guys in AEW that you could actually see holding a belt in some respect. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, whether it's the AEW world title or it's, like, the, whatever, the TNT title, whatever that's gonna be. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> like so, yeah, I mean, like, someone I would want to see, I want to see hold, like, I think would be perfect for, like, a mid-card belt is, like, Darby Allen. Like, yeah. I think he, I think he needs to be, like, that mid-card, like, juggernaut. Because he's, like, he's ridiculous. Like, he's no, another absolutely. one of my um, You know, and we were just talking about it with, you know, Kenny Omega being the world tag team champion. Listen, I think AEW's tag team division is so stacked that, like, like I'm telling you right now, don't be surprised one day at a pay-per-view if, like, a tag team, like, a world tag team title match, like, main events AEW. Oh, I, I would not doubt it at all. Honestly, like, it's so funny you said that because it's, like, I literally look forward. Like, whenever I see there's, like, a tag team match about to happen, I, I literally get excited. Like, I make sure to, like, lock myself in my seat. Yeah, like, yeah, just yeah, to yeah. watch <clears throat> Just um, to watch that match. Yeah, and, like, just to, just to name a few of tag teams that are there that are amazing, you know, uh, the Young Bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, like, they're, they're, they're just good wrestlers, like, separately, so together they're even better. Um, you know, and then we, I've, I've been speculating the past couple of weeks, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping the, uh, the revival makes their way to AEW because I legit think if the revival comes to AEW, like the tag division is legit going to be like outstanding. Like, yeah, I mean, like, uh, so yeah, like I, as you know, but like, I, I've kind of been like away from like wrestling, watching regular wrestling. So I really didn't get to see the revival. I've kind of seen like hints of them here and there. Just yeah. kind of like doing my like brief research before this. You seem to really like them. And I'm like, you know, honestly, I'm pretty sure because the cool thing about EW is that they kind of just let their talent like run loose. Like they're just like, yeah. like just go, go do whatever you feel like is going to put on a show. And it sounds like you seem to think that the revival of, of that caliber that could really just carry the division, which yeah. I, I mean, I don't doubt. So, I mean, if you think that's going to work, I, I mean, I, yeah, like, I'm all for it because, you know, I love the tag team matches on AEW. I think they're some of the best, like, in the business right now. So Absolutely. Um, I got to ask you, man, because, you know, pre-AEW, you were kind of out of wrestling for a good minute. So, yes. why did AEW, you know, get you back into wrestling? All right. So, 
you you know the story, but I'll happily retell it. So I remember it was at one of your barbecues. I forgot which one. I think it was like a Memorial Day. Memorial Day, Day last year, yes. It was last year, year Memorial Day, yeah. Yes, sir. And I remember your brother and like all of them were like were just like, Oh hey, we're gonna watch like the the, the, the first AEW event. I think it was like double or nothing, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah, it was like double or nothing and I was like, All right, I'm down. Like, you know, it's cool. Like I get to watch wrestling with a bunch of these guys, it's some new thing. And I sat down to watch it. We found like that. We found the thing, the link, and it was like some of the most entertaining wrestling I had ever seen. Like, like that <laughs> pay per view was better than most WrestleManias I've ever seen. Yeah. Like just the like the ridiculous creativity these guys had. Like, like what's it called? Like the like what's it? The Lucha Bros. Like the Lucha Bros. Like they have like that one finisher where the um which we're going he gets him into like a cradle like pile driver position yeah, yeah. and the other one like jumps on him and that drives the pile driver like i thought yeah, like yeah. that blew my mind like i was like <laughs> what is going on <laughs> and like just every match on that one pay-per-view was just like was like four or five star matches like they were all so good and i was like i'm sold like this is like like if i could get more of this every week like i i'm sold i'm back <laughs> No, I mean, it's funny you say that, because, like, I, I do remember watching it last year, and, you know, dude, like, uh, I, that night, uh, the match was what? I think it was Cody versus Goldust, or Dustin Rhodes. Amazing. That Amazing. match was phenomenal. <laughs> and listen, it was so good. Dustin Rhodes, who's not a spring chicken, mind you, like, he's got some age. He and Cody put on one hell of a match. Yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> Like, they were, like, bleeding. And that was another thing. I feel like it, it, was, it, it had been so long since I had seen anyone bleed in, like, the WWE. And Goldust is literally, like, like he, he needs, like, a blood transfusion. Like, for how much blood he lost. Like, it was so much. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Yeah, that that was, like, there were so many matches that whole night that were so good. No, absolutely, man. Um, You know, I got to ask you, maybe, maybe give me, like, like four or five, but, uh... Who are some of your favorite, you know, AEW stars? Well, to, like, the two I mentioned earlier, obviously Kenny Omega is on top. So good. Like, he's just, he does it all. Uh, I, I'm a really big fan of Darby Allin. Okay. I kind of look, look at him as, like, AEW's Jeff Hardy. Got almost. Um, who's, obviously, I've always, I've always liked Chris Jericho. Yeah. Um, who else? Oh, and also the new guy that's there now. Um, what the hell is it? Um... The murder hawk, um, I can't remember his name. Um, guy with like the red hair. He's coming in, destroying people. He's really new. Oh, I know who you're talking about. His name is also escaping me. Oh, uh, is it um Lance Archer? Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like I just, I, I always like those big guys who just kind of come in and just destroy everybody. Yeah. I, I always fall into that. And uh, do I have anybody? Um, I'm a big fan of the Young Bucks too. Like just no. like the tag team, like they're just really good. I mean, like I like I said, I mean like like there's like a lot of talent that I like. Like it's like you know I, it's very hard for me to kind of really connect to like a cut like yeah, yeah. one guy. Kenny Omega, obviously, he's just a totally different story. He's <laughs> excellent. But um, but yeah. So I mean, like I think all I, I think all of them have like the potential to kind of like take those extra steps to be like really really good. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean some of the ones you know I'm a big fan of. Uh. As you mentioned, I love Chris Jericho. Uh, I just I, I love what his character is in AEW. You know, I think that's all just hundred champion. Le, le champion. <laughs> um, 
Kenny Omega, as you mentioned, I'm a big fan of. Um, I'm actually a really big fan of Orange Cassidy. I love Orange Cassidy. He is hilarious. He's, yeah, he's a great character, yeah. I love him. Um, MJF, big fan of. Oh, he's, my God, that's someone I forgot. Yeah, MJF is definitely one of heel. my favorites. Yes. Such a good heel. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Pentagon Jr. He's, like, in the tag team division there. Yes. I'm a big fan of him. Um, when it comes to their women's division, I'm a real big fan of Britt Baker. Like, she yes. is okay. she's yeah, one yeah. of the top, like, women talent, like, in the world. Like, I can't wait till she actually captures the AEW Women's Championship. Like, it's going to be so good. Right. But, yeah, that's just a couple off off the top of the dome. Um, I like Pac. Pac's a good guy. Yes, yeah, definitely really good. But yeah, AEW does definitely has a lot of good talent there. Definitely. Um, something I have brought up to you in the past. Uh, I mean, you know, you don't you don't have to agree. You could disagree, and you know, give me your opinion on it. But for me, I find it hard to see Cody Rhodes become you know AEW World Champion mm-hmm. one day because you know it's it's just weird to me that he's like you know it's out there like he is the vice president of AEW and like. Like, he can be world champion, but, like, in my head, it's always going to be like, ah, like, you're the world champion, but you're also, like, the vice president. Like, this is, like, weird. Right. I mean, I that, I mean, we have talked about this, and, like, I remember initially I agreed with you, because I'm like, yeah, like, you kind of just gave the world championship to yourself. Like, exactly. But, um, but what I feel like they're going to end up doing with him, and what I'm kind of getting the vibe that they're going to do is just, okay, so, obviously, he was, um initially he he contended i think he had that match with chris jericho which he lost yes. for the AEW world title so there is that and he was kind of like recovering you know doing i'm mean, doing air quotes recovering from that yeah and um and now he's contending for the um what the, the mid-card title the tnt championship and i think that he's gonna lose out on that too so i think that for a little while there he's gonna he's gonna be that role of oh like oh so close but not enough like, gotcha. I think he's always going to be that guy that gets really close. And then finally, like, when the fans are kind of sympathizing with him, they're like, damn, he's been so close for so long. I think he's finally going to get the world title. And it's going to be – I think it's going to be pretty rewarding to see his fans because it's like, you know, it's like, oh, he's been working really hard for this. Obviously, you know, even though he kind of gave it to himself. But that's yeah. – I guess that's kind of like the beauty of wrestling. You kind of just got to immerse yourself into yeah, no, like, this thing, into this, this world. Absolutely so, no. That's honestly a really good point. And, you know – it's also true, too, that, you know, if you watch this guy lose, 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 and then, you know, he finally gets it, like, you almost forget, like, he is the vice president of, like, AEW. Yeah, because so I'm, like, I, at the same, in the same time, I, I think, I remember seeing something that apparently Kenny Omega, he's also, like, he also holds, um like, stock in the company or something like probably, that. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I remember seeing something, and I'm like, oh, I mean, if, I mean, if I'm okay with seeing Kenny Omega being champion, then I guess I should be okay with seeing Cody be champion yeah. at some point. I agree. That's so. probably that's probably very true. Um, why do you think you know all these WWE stars are now finding success in AEW? You know, just to name a few. You know, someone like John Moxley, like he came in, you know, tore the yeah. place apart and became world champion. Chris Jericho, uh, Brody Lee, Pac, now Matt Hardy. Like, like, what is it about like you know leaving WWE and coming to AEW and like finding success? Well. Like I said earlier, I mean, AEW, they just kind of let you cut loose. Like, yeah. literally, I mean, like, the, it was, like, the big, like, I remember seeing the commercials for when AEW was starting, and, like, the big taglines where it was just, like, a wrestling show run by wrestlers. Yeah. Like, this is stuff they want to do. It's not some guy 
And honestly, I guess I am taking shots at WWE. It's not some <laughs> guy who's never really wrestled before telling wrestlers what to do. It's literally other wrestlers, like, you know, basically communicating with each other. It's just like, it's actually guy. It's actually what they want to do. It's like, they're, they're, they're doing their own characters that they want to be, you know, depicting and they're doing matches that like, they want to be able to pull off. So I think that's kind of like, that kind of what is like what attracts them. Uh, I also watched like some videos on it. I'm like, yeah, like why, why, why is this getting so big? And like, apparently it's like a stipulation where in their contracts where, they're allowed, like apparently these these wrestlers, they're allowed to go do uh, go to other promotions. Yeah, I didn't know this. Yeah, they're allowed to go to other promotions. Obviously, like like AEW kind of asks, is there any way we could profit from this? But they're not really going to restrict them if they want to kind of go to another promotion while under the, a contract with AEW. They're not. That's not an issue. So I guess it's just because they have more freedom to kind of. Yeah, no. Listen, and I, I think you hit it right there on the head. You know, the the key word there is freedom and being able to do you know things like that. And, you know, it's funny that, like, they actually succeeded with the whole giving wrestlers, you know, the freedom to do what they want to do with their, like, characters and stuff. Because, and, like, even not just that, but, like, having them, like, make decisions, like, about the show. Because uh, WCW kind of did this, you know, towards the end of their tenure. And I think by that point, it was kind of too little too late, which is why, you know, they ultimately failed. Uh, but, you know, th- that was the one thing I was worried about when I heard about them doing that was like, oh, you know, I, I hope AEW doesn't try like things WCW did because like, I-, I don't want them to fail. Like I'm, oh. I'm with it to have, to have another wrestling promotion out there that, you know, rivals WWE. Like I'm with it. Yeah. No, um, I mean... But yeah, no. Uh, and like, that's nothing I wanted to bring up, man. You know, technically we're at war, you know, it's AEW versus NXT. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, I don't I don't know, man. You know, it's... I mean, first of all, like, nothing's going to be what it was in the Attitude Era. Like, it's never going to be like that. Yeah, it's there's never too much, happen. like... I feel like there's just... I mean, not that I know this for sure, but I feel like at this point now, like, there's just way too much, like, like paperwork and, like, paperwork and, like, politics, like, that's involved with everything now. So, like, I don't know. I feel like if AEW were to, like, do something crazy, like what Triple H did when he tried to, like, take the DX tank... And then, like, yeah. invade WCW. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that would, like, that, while that would be super entertaining today, like, I feel like that would be, like, I feel like there would be some incredible, like, backlash from that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, so I believe, you know, WWE chose right. Like, if they were going to put any of their shows, I guess, up against AEW, it was smart of them to do NXT because that yeah. is where you have, like, some of your best wrestlers and, honestly, wrestling. And, you know, listen, you know, yeah. honestly, I'm not going to say, you know, one side is winning because it seems like they, they trade off every week. You know, maybe one or two weeks, you know, NXT holds the the viewers. Then another week or two, AEW. Hold, like, it, it, it's a good even, like, standoff. But, I mean, you know, what are your thoughts, like, about the Wednesday Night Wars, like, now? Like, between AEW and NXT? Truthfully, I think it's something that's kind of brought up by the fans. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the most direct uh, thing that um, the most direct connection between the two is obviously the fact that because and I think I'm, I think you told me this initially NXT wasn't on Wednesdays like they moved it to it Wednesdays was. when yeah AEW was put on so that was kind of like the most like oh my oh it's a war now like but I mean I'm pretty sure I mean when you see AEW it doesn't look like they're really trying to like compete you yeah know? It, I agree. you don't get like like I mean. It's not like like back with the Monday Night Wars, where it's like you could like they were literally directly 
like um like commenting about like the opposing show and even even a little bit when um when TNT tried to start their own Monday Night War with Raw which failed miserably even yeah. they were trying to like even they were trying to like comment on the other show directly not directly but like kind of indirectly they would say something about like oh so and like I can't remember exactly but like no, basically no, like no, exactly you, you're right like it was definitely they were definitely comments on one another internally but at the same but AEW isn't really doing that they're just kind of doing their own thing I don't even think they view it as like much of a rivalry they they're just gonna kind of run their show I'm pretty sure it's gonna become bigger like when AEW like. Like, if this ever is going to become a Wednesday night war, it's going to happen when, obviously, when the world opens again. And, like, they could start having, like, arenas and, you know, start oh, filling the yeah. crowd and all that. And, you know, listen, uh, I love the, – the thing I love about AEW and uh, about it being, like, a really good, like, successful uh, wrestling company is, listen, when you have things like that to compete with WWE, like, it just works out the best for the fans because – it makes WWE, like, want to be better, either whether it be on NXT or even on their main roster shows, like Raw and SmackDown. But, like, that competition just makes wrestling, like, in general, better for everybody. Yeah, I believe that. Obviously, like I said, I, I was I was too young to, to really see the, the Monday Night Wars or at least kind of, like, be into it. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, obviously, I've seen like a lots of like videos and highlights of all. It looked super entertaining. It just seemed like it seemed like yo wrestling at the time was just must watch television. Like it was kind of like it was just kind of the thing you had to be watching. And um, I'm curious to see if that would ever translate today. Like if like the Wednesday Night Wars yeah. become like must watch TV. I don't know. We have like a bunch of ridiculous stuff on TV now. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. You you don't know if we would actually you know transcend like now as, as it yeah. did back in the day like you, you have no idea yeah i mean obviously it would be a big hit among the wrestling community but if it would like kind of ooze out into like just like the general pop culture i don't yeah. know but it would definitely be worth something for the the wrestling world to try no i agree um since you're since you're a big fan of aew is there anything that you think aew needs to fix Anything that they need to fix? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I was one thing I, I did see that I wanted them to add, but like obviously because obviously because of where we are right now, coronavirus. Obviously, everything in terms of creativity is at, is at like a standstill because it's like you you don't want to like use your big creative home run match or whatever like oh, that course, to yeah. like to like you know be wasted on like just like a, a performance center. Like, you want, like, an arena. You want, like, a crowd of people to see that. So I was saying, okay, so I'm not sure. Maybe you can answer this. Like, okay, so obviously you know how WWE, how they have their all their, like, big signature matches. Like, how they have Hell in a Cell, the Elimination yeah. Chamber, the Money in the Bank match. Yeah. Um, how many of those matches or like, could AEW use? Like, are those, like, patented? Like, could, like, could AEW do, like, a Hell in a Cell match? Or, like... Uh... So Hell in a Cell probably not, and probably not for uh, Money in the Bank either. I'm pretty sure those are probably yeah. trademarked. Um, right. But I'm I, I'm I'm definitely sure that we ha- have we seen a steel cage match on. We AEW? have seen a steel cage. So match. like yeah, I think so that's like a like wrestling steel cage. Table. Like you can't like yeah you can't like trademark steel cage match or like ladder match like yeah those are things you so, can't. 
so I guess feeding into like what obviously the point I'm about to make is I think AEW kind of needs their own assortment of like signature matches. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Like they announce, oh, I'm going to like uh, like I chose is like I don't know whoever insert wrestler here versus who whoever you want. Like I challenge you to a I don't know like it, whatever <laughs> whatever match you could possibly think of. I think they need their own crazy ridiculous like hype matches. You know, kind of like. I don't know if they can do it because I'm not even – I mean, WWE might have the rights to it because they own the rights to WCW. I don't know. I don't know where this falls in there. But if somehow, if AEW can bring back the Triple Cage, dude, that (laughs) That would be be... so hype. Yeah, because their signature – whatever they do with now – like, do you remember, like, when – what's his name? When Cody Rhodes fought the uh, MJFs, his his, his, – like bodyguard or whatever and he did like that backflip off to the top of the steel cage like like yeah. that my mind was blown i showed that to everybody i knew and and i was just like it like they need that's what they need they need like a crazy signature match to yeah. like so their guys can just go crazy like i don't know like like i said because obviously wwe obviously has been around for so much longer and they've had time to kind of create these ridiculous matches so yeah exactly. i'm not sure how much else like like what uh, AEW can or can't do so. Yeah. No, hey, listen. Mm-hmm. If I could pick one match that they could try to get their hands on, it would be the Triple Cage, man. Like that match, like is just so good. It's literally just like a Hell in a Cell that has a steel cage on top of it, that has a smaller steel cage on top of it, and the only way to win the match is to not just take the world title down, but you have to leave the cage with the world title. Yeah. And like I feel like if you put someone like moxley like in a triple cage match it would be ridiculous oh no oh like if like that would have to be like a six man like match like for the ages like i like you already know who you would put like the ridiculous like insane guys in there so you'd obviously put moxley you would put darby allen you'd put Pac in there you'd put a screw just put kenny omega in there you would put um hangman page and who, who else is someone that's, like, just beyond ridiculous, like, that you just throw Oh, um, I would put that guy that we just uh, discussed with the with the red hair, um, what's his name, Vance Archer? Lance, would, oh, yeah, there you go. I would put him in there just because he's a big guy. Yeah, he's the big guy who would probably, like, break the cage or something. Like, yes, He would just exactly. do something ridiculous. Yeah, so, like, there you go. So, if I were to add anything, it would just be a big signature match. Okay, or, yeah, or I mean. Or a few signature matches. The thing that I would say with AEW, and, you know, I mean, the, my main thing is the mid-card, and they're obviously fixing that. Uh, and the only other thing that I would say that they should be weary of is because they're starting to get more and more talent now. And I would say the thing that you don't have to fix, but just, you know, make sure you have a plan for is don't let your talent get lost in the mix. Because yes. that, in my opinion, is WWE's one of their biggest issues is they have so much talent, but there's not enough to do with them so like when it comes to aw i would say know how to utilize i mean listen you're not going to utilize all your talent all the time that's just what it is but know how to like use them in different ways so like they're not getting lost in the mix right and like one thing i thought i was just like and um i'm not sure like how close they are to doing this i i'm pretty sure they're not even close at all at this point but i would like to see it so i remember so 
I watched Raw last night just to try to update myself on like to, to for this show. Yeah. And I remember that Raw is like three hours long, and I'm like, man, this stuff is long because it's like it's so much talking and like storytelling now, and I'm yeah. like. I'm very much a traditionalist in that in the sense that I just want to see action. Like I just want to see wrestling yeah. action. <laughs> no, yeah, like, I mean, I mean, if you, I mean, obviously, a little storytelling helps per, like promote the matches. It makes them better. I'm totally okay with that. But obviously, like if I were to have like a 70-30 margin, obviously in favor of wrestling, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. And that's the kind of margin I see with AEW. It's a lot of wrestling. It's like you know, no. definitely you have your promos exactly. and all that stuff, and. Like, but it's mostly wrestling. So I think AEW, if they kept that same formula, would benefit the most from a three-hour show. Because, like you said, you I think they would be able to get so much of their talent, like matches. Like they would get a lot of matches, like in with that time, with like, like, like little storytelling. So yeah, everyone's kind of happy at that point. No, I agree, and that that honestly is something that we could maybe see in the future one day. Like it's definitely a possibility. Um. Next question I got for you. This might be a little bit. This probably would be a tough one for you because because we discussed it at the beginning of the show almost. Um, if you had to make a Mount Rushmore of wrestling, who would be your Mount Rushmore wrestling? Oh, I mean, I, I that's actually kind of easy when you think about it. It's just like it would be for me. It's Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan. It's the faces. It's the all time baby face. It's Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Interesting. Because okay. it's like obviously Vince McMahon built the empire. Like he's yeah. like he's he's just the guy. Hulk Hogan was like the first like guy that literally like that drew everyone to wrestling. Like he was, you know, Mr. Impossible, you know, like you know, body slamming Andre the Giant, who was like undefeated at the time, right? Yep. Like I think yep. yeah, I think, yep. he was undefeated. Which was like incredible. And then obviously Stone Cold ushered in the attitude era. Like he was the face of the attitude era, which was like a good ten years of you know, wrestling of WWE history. Yeah. And obviously, and John Cena was the face of the um, um, Ruthless Aggression era, which was like, you know, which was like a huge chunk of like, obviously what we watched. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, no, honestly, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good Mount Rushmore. Uh, for me, I mean, I'm, it's probably messed up because I didn't include Vince at all. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I thank you for everything you built. But there's other people in the company who are in, in wrestling who I think built it bigger in some ways. So like uh, one off the bat is Taker. Uh, okay. He's just yeah. someone who you know best character of all time and still to this day stands the test of time. He was in the face of WrestleMania for, for like yeah. forever. <laughs> so I got him. Uh, I got Ric Flair. He is just the best of all time. Like best okay. on the mic. He was the best in his time of wrestling and even when he was in like evolution and he was past his prime he still knew how to put on a show right so and Rick he, Flair, even still every time someone does a chest slap everyone's like woo like, exactly even he's been retired like for god knows how long yeah so rick flair <laughs> um sean michaels because i think he's the best uh performer of all time okay. he's the showstopper the yes. main event uh he's giving you some of the best matches you'll ever see in your life and then my last one would be stone cold because he was iconic for for the editor, and he was he is the biggest draw in wrestling history. Yeah, I completely agree. That's a, that's a good list. You definitely have like the big performers, like the guys who kind of like define the performance yes. of wrestling. Like you definitely kind of went to like the pure side of wrestling. So that yeah, that's a that was a good list. Thank you. Um, it is now time for us to move on to our top ten. But before we do that. A uh, little little history lesson. Today in wrestling history, 
24 years ago today, Shawn Michaels defended the world title against Diesel in a no-hold-bar match at In Your House. And this is one of the final uh, pay-per-views that Diesel wrestled before him and Scott Hall jumped to WCW. Really? Oh, yep. that's interesting. But yes, today, top 10. Uh, today, me and Julian, we, we went back and forth. We jumped ideas off each other, and I was like, you know what? Money in the Bank is coming up, and I knew I was going to do it. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it on this one. Today, we are doing top 10 Money in the Bank cash-ins of all time. So, all Julian, right. lead us off. What do you got for number so, 10? So, um, as was mentioned earlier, I have to, I did take a bit of a hiatus away from wrestling. So, I, o- I only included the one, like, the matches that I actually got to see. So, obviously, I'm probably going to – obviously, some that I excluded that I didn't really get to see. Yeah. So, my first was – uh, Jack Wa- Jack Swagger cashing in on Chris Jericho. This is my number 10. The reason why is because I remember they were kind of building him up to sort of be like the next Kurt Angle. Like he yes. used the ankle lock. He had like that whole American, uh, yep. uh, like, you know, Olympic gold, like gold medalist thing going on. And I remember I was kind of like, oh, okay, he's kind of cool. He's a good wrestler or whatever. And then when they finally get like, when, even though his title reign was like horrible, like, like just the just him cashing in and winning that world title. I was like, okay, like let's see what happens. Let's see how this builds on. And yeah, so like I just kind of threw that in at number ten. Like I'm not saying it was great or anything, but it was definitely like it was definitely like the dawn of what could have been. I guess you could say. No, I, I agree. And you know, I, I remember watching Swagger cash in like live, and you know, at the time I wasn't really the biggest Swagger fan, so I was like, oh, I mean, I guess it's cool. Like it's cash in, like whatever. Yeah. Um. My number 10, it occurred on July 14th, 2019. The Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar, cashes in the Money in the Bank contract. So I, I know, I know what people are saying right now. They're listening to my, my podcast and they're like, Brock Lesnar? Why, why is Brock Lesnar on your list? Okay, hold on a second. When Brock Lesnar won the Money in the Bank... I honestly started laughing because, first of all, because I know that you, like, you you weren't really into wrestling at the time. I, well, could, I remember hearing that, and I couldn't believe it. I was like, so what is he doing in a Basically, what happened was <laughs> – so so he wasn't. Literally, oh, he was oh. not in the entire match, and then he literally came out at the last maybe three minutes of the match. I think F5, the person who was on top of the ladder, and just grabbed the briefcase. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And oh. <laughs> I was like – Listen, I was pissed, but the, the reason why I got to give it to Brock is he was so entertaining with the briefcase. Dude, he would come out with it with speakers on it and treat it like a boombox and, like, play music out of it. And um, what's his name? Paul Heyman was reading him the contract because, like, they would tease every week when they, when they were going to cash in. And he had read a line in the contract that says you have a year to cash in, and Brock just stopped – and looked at Paul Heyman and was like, what? And he was like, he's like, what? He's like, he's like, I have a year to cash in? He's like, yeah. And then like he like smacks Paul Heyman. He's like, what happened? He's like, I didn't know I had a whole year to cash in. I'm like, oh my God. Like this, it was just entertaining. But I, I okay. also had to put it on the list because, you know, Brock is just one of those guys who's, you know, he's a bigger than life talent. And, you know, he just, that, that was just another accolade he added to, to his career and his his accomplishments. Yeah, so, you know, I suppose. I mean, I, I I honestly can't stand Brock Lesnar right now. Like, <laughs> like I mean, 
like I said, like I'm all into like the like I guess the artistic style of wrestling. Like I like yeah. seeing the good matches, and I remember watching this past WrestleMania, and obviously you know how I went. It was like oh finisher, 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 another finisher, and, and done. I was like really like that. That's what you're gonna like main event with like like yep. con. I mean I know this has kind of been the trend like for like the time I haven't been watching, but I'm like yeah. really like you guys can't like do anything with this like yeah. Well, yeah, no, that, that was my number 10. What do you got for number 9 there, Julian? My number 9 was when The Miz cashed in on Randy Orton. Okay, so this was when, like, Miz was kind of, like, going from really annoying to actually, oh, wait, you could actually be a really good heel. Yes. Like, he actually Correct. kind of started to lock in on his character, and then he won money in the bank, and I'm like, oh, man, like, you know, The Miz show is coming, like. <laughs> like this is where this is where like it's really gonna he's gonna take off and then he finally cashed in on Randy Orton and what was a really good ca- I remember he like had like a crazy counter to it too because he like yes. Randy Orton tried to go like for an RKO and then Miz just like caught him in the, the skull crushing finale and finished him right there and you know he won the gold and I remember I, I actually kind of enjoyed his title ring like he was like yeah. you know he was definitely a good like heel he was definitely a good bad guy um. So yeah, like I, I that he's my number nine. I I just kind of I I was a big fan of the Miz, and that's where it kind of culminated. Where I was like, all right, you're like the big bad guy now. No, I hear it. I I agree. I think the Miz was definitely a good choice there. Uh, I, I he's another cash in I watched live, and at the time I was pumped because I was I was actually a Miz fan back in the yeah. day. So I I was definitely a fan of him cashing in and becoming champion. Uh, my number nine happened on April tenth, two thousand eighteen, on SmackDown Live. Carmella cashes in the first ever women's money in the bank. Uh, you know, I, I chose this one. You know, it's just a, it's just an iconic moment for women's wrestling. Uh, the women finally were given the chance to, you know, get their own money in the bank briefcase. And, right. you know, just to have Carmella cash in and successfully and just be the first woman ever to cash in her money in the bank briefcase. I, I had to put it on the list. Was that match good? I, like, was that a good ladder match? Uh, so the original ladder match was, was annoying because she had a, uh, she had a, like a manager guy who was like annoying and he actually went up and grabbed the briefcase for her. So like what? all the fans were like outraged cause they're like, dude, it's the first ever women's money in the bank match and you're going to have a man like go up and get it. That's so then, like <laughs> they had this whole thing where they like took it away from her and like they, they actually did a rematch of the, the, the women's uh, money in the bank match on wow. SmackDown. Wow. Like on okay. SmackDown. And she won it again, but she actually won it fair and square this time. So okay. uh, they, they they definitely realized where they messed up. <laughs> yeah, that's so messed up. Like, it's just like, even when the women have something, men are better at it. Like, you know, like, right? at least that's uh, the message they were showing. Yeah. So, okay. We, okay. We got number eight. My number eight is actually the first failed Money in the Bank cash, or legitimately failed was John Cena's failed attempt on CM Punk at Raw 1000. Oh. So I remember I remember exactly. I was like, okay, obviously John Cena has the money in the bank contract. He's not going to like, you know, cash in on someone like that's weak cuz you know, he's he's the Mr. Perfect. You know, he's like the he's good, the good boy. He's Superman. Yeah. And so I remember he challenged him in like on CM Punk on Raw 1000 and that was like the perfect main event to what was a great Raw episode because that was a great match. Oh, like, I don't know if you remember that match. <coughs> excuse me. That match between CM Punk and John Cena 
was so good. Oh, yeah. And then, obviously, CM Punk won, and it was just, yeah, I, I just thought that was, you know, it was just, like, a great story that they were telling at the time, with the whole CM Punk pipe bomb thing, and, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, my number eight happened on July 18th, 2010, Money in the Bank. Uh, Kane cashes in. Uh, and I chose that one because, first of all, yep, on Ray Mysterio, I chose that one because, you know, first of all, it was cool to see Kane win Money in the Bank, first of all, and then, you know, to actually become, like, a world champion again, because I honestly didn't know if he was ever going to be a world champion again, like, in his career. Yeah. So, like, that and was just cool to see. he cashed it in on the same night. Yep, and he, <laughs> he cashed it on the same night. He's the first person ever to cash in on the same night. I think he waited about an hour or hour and a half before he cashed in. So, that's yeah. another reason why I had to add it to the list, because, you know... The first person I ever cashed in in the same night, so yeah. Yeah, that that was when I was on my like my on the pity bus for Rey Mysterio because I was like, man, because I think he had just beaten Jack Swagger for it. Yes. And then, and then that's where Kane just came in and and like you know obviously took it away from him. And then later on, I think he became world champion again, and that's when the whole John Cena thing happened, and then he won yeah. the title. I was like, yeah, can Rey Mysterio like just hold on to a belt like for a minute? But <laughs> okay. So um. Okay, so I guess we move on, right? So yep. number seven. Number seven. Okay, so my number seven is kind of put there more in spite because I really do not like this wrestler. Uh-huh. Is when Sheamus cashed in on Roman Reigns. <laughs> I can't stand Roman Reigns. Ooh, uh. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in like the, uh, I, I guess the the majority of just who can't stand him. I mean, I remember I was like, oh wow, this guy has the look, which I'm pretty sure is exactly what Vince McMahon sees. He has like that look. He has the physique, like to be like the guy. Yep. But this guy cannot cut a promo to save his life. Like, it is so cringy. Like, I, like, like this is, like, one of the last things I got to see before I kind of stopped watching. Like, I would cringe every time I would, like, hear him talk. I was like, man, like, you need to get a manager. You need to get somebody to talk for you because this is not working. And, yeah. And obviously Vince McMahon tried to push him to the moon and – all for Seamus to just cash in on him and just take his moment away. And I was just like, yes, like more time with you, not the guy is like better time for the WWE. So yeah, that, that was kind of my number seven. So my number seven was kind of out of spite, but yeah. uh, I hear you, man. Um, my number seven happened on June 30th, 2008, Monday night raw CM Punk cashes in money in the bank for the first time. Uh, edge. Right? Yes, on edge, correct. Okay. Uh, you know that that moment was one I remember watching live, and it was it was just all hype. Uh, edge came out, cut a cut a promo about how, how he was the world champion, and I think at the time the draft had just happened, so both world champions were actually on SmackDown. So he was like bragging about how Raw didn't have a world champion and this and that, and then you know he just got out of his rivalry with Batista, so Batista came out and just beat the hell out of him, and. <laughs> um, you almost forget, you know, that there was a Money in the Bank floating around because CM Punk came running down cash in and became world champion and listen it was definitely hype because cm punk was was someone and it's still because you see it when people still chant his name was just he's over so for him to finally become world champion was definitely a great thing to see yeah i remember he was definitely like he was definitely like that guy people wanted to see take that next step he was like he was just always a really good wrestler he had that like mma like style about him like the way he would like you know throw strikes and stuff like that so yeah i I remember that like he was definitely a really good uh yeah he was definitely a good wrestler if anything at the time yep so what do you got for number six my number six was it was kind of more for the story 
of what was what was to come. It was when Randy Orton cashed in on Daniel Bryan after he beat John Cena at SummerSlam. Ah. And the reason why I picked this was obviously because well not obviously, but like was more so because obviously Dan, Daniel Bryan beat John Cena in what was a really good match, I remember. Phenomenal. Like match. it was a really Phenomenal good and he beat him like legitimately. And it wasn't like, you know, oh he had to like do something where it was like underhanded. It was like a legit like oh underdog story of how he beat him and I remember the story was uh, Triple H didn't want him to be over. Like, he was, you know, he just kind of looked at Daniel Bryan as, like, the funny-looking dude with the beard and all that. Yeah. He was, like, really small. Kind of like the way I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon actually looked at him. And um, and so, I like, yeah, so that's when, uh, you know, Triple H hit him with a pedigree. And then Randy Orton came in and cast in on him, won the belt. Which later on led into, uh, like, the whole underdog arc that they gave Daniel Bryan. Where he had to fight Triple H at Mania. And then yep. he was inserted into that triple threat match where it was like the ultimate like underdog story of beating yep. like the two two of like the top dogs in the WWE to become world champion. And leading into the following night after Raw where like the crowd chanted at it and was like, You deserved it. That, like, you know. Yeah. Like absolutely. that was like like in my opinion, one of the best like wrestling stories ever. Oh just yeah. cause of, like it just because of the nature of it. Um, so funny story. My number six is actually Randy Orton catches in on Daniel Bryan. <laughs> oh, well, they, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you just made my job 10,000 times easier. Um, I made I the guess, whole argument for you. <laughs> I guess the only thing I would add to that is, you know, uh, Triple H training on Daniel Bryan, you know, at that time it, it had been a minute since we've seen a, a heel Triple H and a heel yeah. Randy Orton at, um, uh, to, to say that. And that was actually the, uh, the birth of the authority and like the authority, like, group that was you know right, randy Orton, Triple right, H and all right. that. so yeah no I, I agree you know that everything you said just hit it all on the head though right so what do you got for number five number top five. five here we go the top five number five was rvd cashing in on john cena oh another legitimate one. another legitimate well actually i'm not gonna say all the others are illegitimate but like like obviously he challenged him to a real match on ecw in an extreme rules match and that shit was crazy. <laughs> like, oh, they yeah. were just like, Absolutely. it was like a legit, like, extreme rules match. The crowd, like, as your, um, was it Rocky, as, as Rocky said on one of your prior shows, ECW booed John Cena out the building. Like, it, like, it was so loud. And um, it was... Not just that, I don't know if you've ever gone back to watch that match, but, like, the thing that the fans chant at Cena in that match I is yeah. ridiculous ridiculous yeah. like wasn't it like you can't wrestle or something like that or i mean there was a point where they were all chanting cena swallows <laughs> i i gotta see that again i don't i remember like that. <laughs> they chanted some of the most outlandish things in that match yeah that that was like that was like that crowd though at ecw they were like a rowdy group of people oh, like, yeah absolutely like, they weren't kids in that crowd those were like full-grown men like <laughs> screaming at each other absolutely <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, that, that's a good number five. I like that. Uh, for my number five, I got Dean Ambrose cashes in his money in the bank, uh, on the same night, uh, against Seth Rollins for the world title. Um, so this is just one of those moments where you were just happy to see, you know, Dean Ambrose finally get his moment and win the money in the bank briefcase. And the thing that's, you know, poetic about that night is Roman Reigns came into the world title match as champion. Seth then beat Roman and then Dean cashed in on Seth successfully, so that was the only time it's in history like that a... that's the only time in history we'll ever see every member of the Shield be world champion in the same night. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I remember, I remember everyone was, like, so over on the shield. Like, that was, like, that. those were, like, the guys for, like, a while. Exactly. <clears throat> okay, what do you got for number four? Number four is one that you and I were both super high on at the time. was when Dolph Ziggler cashed in on Alberto Del Rio on the Raw after WrestleMania. Ooh. We wanted, I think you and I, I don't know who else, because I really didn't follow the social media of, like, the wrestling community at the time, so... Yeah, I, I know you and I in particular were so in on Dolph Ziggler. Like, I don't know why. Like, I mean, I I, remember, I think I just remembered him being like a really good wrestler. Like, I remember yeah. seeing his matches with like Kofi Kingston, and they were always like, at least in my opinion, matches of the night. Like, I knew he could wrestle, and he was always like a like a decent character. Like, he obviously I was like just like that. Oh, I'm so good looking character that we see like we get like three of like every ten years. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but I remember, so I, I just kind of saw, like, that, like, untapped potential. And for him to finally cash in, like, I mean, you remember. It's like, there was, like, a crazy pop where, like, everyone was, like, so hyped about it. And he oh, finally, yeah. And, and yeah, and finally he, he won the belt. And it just, like, it just suited him. Like, I just thought the whole, like, the whole situation suited him so well. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, my number four is actually one you've already mentioned. It is an RVD cash in on John Cena. Okay. Uh, you know, something we've already mentioned, that was the first time a Money in the Bank match was, like, announced ahead of time where he was, like, I'm cashing in, you know, at ECW One Night Stand. Um, and listen, at the time, this is when John Cena is, you know, basically in his prime. Like, he's the top of the food chain. So you're out here thinking, like, dude, there's no way RVD's beating John Cena for the WWE title. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, not in his house. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it finally happens, you're like, oh, like, RVD won the world title. Like, okay, like, I'm winning. Like, let's do it. Right. Oh, oh no, I, th- I had your last comment mixed up. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, like, I mean, granted, Edge helped a little. But, um... Yeah, he just gave Cena a little spear through a table. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, regardless, I mean, the match was good overall, but, but yeah. What do you got for number three? Number three was Edge's first cash-in on John Cena in 2006. Um, the reason why, like, I have this at number three is, well, one, because obviously it's the first Money in the Bank cash-in. Like, nobody yeah. knew, like, the nature of it and, like, how it was going to affect, like, the game, I guess you could say, how it was going to yeah. affect, like, the wrestling. And also, it just fit Edge's character so well. The like, ultimate Edge, opportunist. Ultimate opportunist, like, just how how conniving he was. And just the moment it was, because it was right after Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And John Cena was literally, like, half dead. Like, yeah. he was just, like, he couldn't stand. And then Edge, you hear Edge's music, come, like, uh, actually, at first it was Vince McMahon, and then Edge's music comes out. And he comes in, like, I think he spears him, like, once. And then, he, and then he, like, and he pins him, and there he goes, like, world champion. And I was just like, wow. Like, that worked so well. Like, that was, yeah. like, just so, like, that was such a good, um, like, character-building moment for Edge. And yeah. just how bad of a heel he was. Yeah, exactly. Or how great of a heel he was, rather. Um, no, listen, I absolutely agree with you on that. Uh, my number three is one that you actually just mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago. Dolph Ziggler cashes in Money in the Bank, you know. Uh, To a test, you know, I was there at that WrestleMania, and he was in some Joe Schmo tag team match for the tag team title, and people didn't care about it. And then when the world title match happened, the people kept chanting, we want Ziggler. Like like you said, it was just, Dolph Ziggler was a really good wrestler 
who you knew can be a good world champion. And again, I remember watching live. I might have been actually on the phone with you. That's what yes. me. That's what we used to like. Sean. Yeah, we used to talk on the phone to watch Raw every week. And I remember watching him being like, "Dude, like, no way, he's cashing in." Yeah. And then like when he actually got the three count, it was like, "Oh my!" Like like you said, the crowd erupted because right. it was like we we wanted this for so long, and then we finally got it. Like and like you said, he was definitely someone who absolutely deserved to be world champion. Yeah, because I remember I think Alberto Zario also put up a decent fight. He did. So, like they was like you. We legit thought that he might have lost. Right. And, but yeah, no. Yeah. Like that moment. Still to this day, stands in my mind. Like, I'll never forget it. Okay, what do you got for number two? So, my number two, this one, like, I remember hurt me. Like, I was genuinely mad when this happened. Like, this one, like, this one hit me directly as, like, a wrestling fan. And this is when CM Punk cashed in on Jeff Hardy after the ladder match in 2009. (laughs) So, I was such a huge Jeff Hardy fan. Oh, yeah. Like, I just loved his character, how ridiculous he was. And it was such a good match he had with Edge for, like, the WWE. I think it was, was it the WWE or World Heavyweight? It was World Heavyweight. World Heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I was like, yes, he, like, he got it. Like, Jeff Hardy, he's over. I mean, he was kind of over for a little while. But it's just like, he was like, you know, and then, like, just the image of it, what it was. I remember they had, like, this crazy, like, uh... Because Jeff Hardy pulled Edge's legs through the ladder, and this had this whole crazy, like, crucifixion thing going on. Yeah, Where, like, it was, like, a, such a great image where, like, Jeff Hardy held the belt over him, and you see Edge is kind of hanging there. It was, like, such a great picture. And then CM Punk comes out and ruins it and <laughs> cashes in on him. And I was like, damn. And that's what started the whole thing where it was just, like, if, like, I think... Like, on SmackDown, I think that was when the thing where it's just like, if you lose, you, like, you leave the company. Yep. And, yeah, and then that's where Jeff Hardy left. And I was so upset. Like, I was just like, no, why would they do that to Jeff Hardy? <laughs> Later learning, it was kind of Jeff Hardy's own fault. But, you know, that's yeah. besides the point. But still, I was just very upset with it. Yeah, that that, that, that one pissed me off. <laughs> uh, my number cash. two? No, yeah, honestly, great cash by CM Punk. Uh, number two is another one you just mentioned. Uh, Edge's first cash-in, man. Uh, it, that is just the first cash-in. That was the staple of cash-ins from time, to, from, like, time moving forward. Uh, and, you know, like you said, at the time, we didn't really know what was going on because Cena just did the Elimination Chamber, and then Vince came out and told him to raise it, and people are like, what's going on? You know, he's telling people, like, you know, this night is not over. Like, no one leave, and everyone's like, what's going on? And then, you know, he says Edge is cashing in his money in the bank privilege. And, you know... Just to see, like, how it was going to work from then on. And, like, this, in my opinion, is one of the greatest inventions in wrestling history because I love the idea of, like, someone... Because I always said Money in the Bank should be given to someone who you're pushing to become a main star, but, like, they're not there yet because they can then hold the Money in the Bank and build it for as long as they need. And then when they finally cash in, you're like, oh, like, now they're going to be, like, a main star. Like, listen, Edge was... I mean, he was getting there, but Money in the Bank is the thing that pushed him to become a main event player. Yeah, like, um, like I was just going to say, like, the Money in the Bank is kind of, like, that perfect thing that, like, not only, like, it's just, like, it's, like, you're pushed to, obviously, main event. It's literally, like, you're, like, oh, man, how was I just going to put this? It was kind of, like, it was kind of, like, your ultimate push and your, it was kind of, like, your main event, like, 
check cards depending on what time of year you cash in on obviously like you know it's perfect if you cash in kind of like on the road to wrestlemania yeah then boom, like that that's kind of like your immediate check to like oh yeah we have like a, we have like a bottom three match like a top three match i mean like of the card for wrestlemania yeah. or something like like immediately you have like a rivalry you have a good rivalry a good character build and like a main event at some pay-per-view yeah no listen and you know i i, I always get mad when like you know people who who are, who are already main stars uh, win money in the bank. So I'm like, you don't need it. Like, you can get a world title match whenever you want. Like, you're you're who you are. Like, I love right. when someone who's, like, building themselves to become main event player, and then, like, when they actually cash in, it's like, oh, like, this is where they become, like, a world champion and, like, become, like, a main event player. And then it's like, yes. you see, like, and then when, when they're champion, it's literally sink or swim. Like, that's when you decide, like, if they could be world champion or not. So. Right. That's very true. So, yeah, but uh, here we go. What do you got for number one? All right, so um, I, I can almost guarantee my number one is your number one. <laughs> Probably. So, admittedly, admittedly, I didn't really get to watch this one, but I remember reading about it. It was kind of like one of the last things I actually read about, and I was just like, wow, that is, like, such a baller move yep. in this sense. And so, my number one is Seth Rollins cashing in at WrestleMania during the Romans Reign-Brock Lesnar match. So, the reason why I, I like this one in particular is, well, well, actually, a couple of reasons, is, well, it was at WrestleMania. Like, yep. had anyone ever cashed in at nope. WrestleMania before? And, and since him, they have not. He's the only person. So, and I also know that everyone wanted, like, so how do you, and also, how do you won a world title before this? Nope, that was his first no, world title. So, yeah, he was getting, like, his ultimate push, the push that I know everyone wanted on yeah. the biggest stage Against, like, the two guys that everyone want, like or not everyone, but, like, the WWE wanted to push. Yep. Which was, like, yeah, yeah Brock Lesnar and uh, Roman Reigns. So, yep. so it was just, like, like you took out, because I know me, if I were to actually watch, I would not have been excited for that match at all, because I don't want to see Brock Lesnar as world champion. I definitely don't want to see Roman Reigns as world champion. And yep. if you just throw Seth Rollins in there, that would have taken that match to, like, like all-star heights, which I'm more than sure it did for those who watched. Oh, yeah. And, and so... So yeah, so that and then obviously he he came out winning it and like now Seth Rollins is just like like a guy now. He's kind of like you can almost say like who would you compare him to now? Like I mean obviously that's like yeah you know, like that that kind of wrestled back in the day I guess. Like I almost compare him to like I almost say he's like a modern day Randy Orton in the sense and not like turn like the craziness of it but just how he kind of like he's just that constant guy that's always like a heel and kind of around I guess you can say. Yeah, I mean he he definitely flip flops, not crazy, but from here and there, I, I can see what you're saying about him being like like a modern day Randy Orton. Like you know he's the the top guy who you know if they need him to be a face, he can be a face and you know get it over. If they need him to be a heel, he can be a heel and get it over. Like I I, I would agree with that. Yeah. So um, yeah, that that was my number one. And as you already guessed, yes, that is also my number one. Uh, to put it, to put into perspective for you, um, that WrestleMania, you know, obviously I had my entire friend group over the house. We're watching WrestleMania. And, you know, we, we had all speculated, like, yo, like, how crazy would it be if Rollins cashed in? But it's one of those moments where it's like, you want it to happen. And you're like, oh, my God, this would be so cool if it happens. But then, like, it actually happens. And I'm telling you, we were watching this match. And listen, at the time, Roman wasn't where he was to the point of, like, oh, my God, like, I hate Roman Reigns. Like, he was tolerable, and, like, you were like, oh, like, they might do good things with him. So, like, we weren't, like, all out on Roman at the time. And, like, Brock, you know, was just being Brock. 
So watching this match, we're just like, you know what? This actually isn't like a bad match. It's actually pretty solid between Roman and Brock. Like, oh, it was wasn't. It? Okay. Yeah, like yeah, it I actually was. Too. It actually was like a fifteen to twenty minute match. Like it wasn't that bad. And listen, I I, I can still see it. We're all sitting there, and like Roman and Brock are on the mat, and then Rollins' music hits, and everyone in my house, kid you not, stands up. And there's like, no way, no. <laughs> and like, you just see Rollins running down to the ring. And that was a sprint. Like, he, he dude, ran he's ball. running down to the ring. And like, even the fans in the crowd are like, dude, what the hell is going on? Like, like what? And then like, when he hands it to the ref, he's like, I'm cashing in. We're like, wait, like, hold on. Like, because like, again, like, we've never seen someone cash in mid-match. It's always either yes. been pre or post-match. So then for him to cash in, then... Them to be like, this is now a triple threat match, and then go on and win it. It was just crazy. It was yeah. out No, I, I could definitely imagine. Because it was so original. It was almost like, you could almost say it was similar to like the Edge, his first cash-in. Like, there were so many firsts in yeah. that match. And it was just kind of like, oh, how is this going to work? It was so it was so much curiosity and hype wrapped around that moment that I, like, I mean, I can imagine it was definitely like, like I mean, it, it's probably going to go down to an all-time WrestleMania-like moment. You know, oh, like, yeah. And like, listen, that's another thing, too, is that he, not only was he the first person, like you said, to cash in mid-match, but he was the first person ever to cash in at WrestleMania. And no one has done it since. Because, yeah. listen, honestly, I don't know if anyone will ever cash in at Mania ever again, because you're not living up to what Seth Rollins did. <laughs> There's yeah. just no way. <laughs> I mean, you really, I mean, I mean, I think, I think everyone knew that, like, like, uh, what should we call it? Like, Seth Rollins was kind of like a, like a boiling pot of like just potential yeah like people like knew he was just gonna be a star like if you put a belt in his hand he was gonna be a star like and i think that like they're i mean if that is ever gonna happen again i'm pretty sure they're gonna save that for like a guy who has that same level of potential oh absolutely that Seth Rollins did. yeah i agree i absolutely agree um and it's funny because listen i'll tell you right now you can ask any wrestling fan on the street hey, what is the best Money in the Bank cashing of all time? I guarantee you 9 out of 10 will say Seth Rollins cashing in Money in the Bank at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yes, that is our top 10. You know, if you got the network, people, I'm telling you, go back. Check out the Money in the Bank cashings. They definitely have a collection on there somewhere where they're showing it. You know, get you hyped for this upcoming Money in the Bank pay-per-view. But yeah, guys, I, I, Julian, I think that's it. I think we've reached the end of our podcast here. Oh man, it was so good. I thought we had such a good show. I, I agree, right. man. It was it was definitely entertaining. It was fun. You know, I'm, I'm happy we finally got you on here because, like you said, you've been a fan this whole time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I would love to do it again someday. <laughs> no, absolutely. Listen, I, I'm rotating guests, so I'll definitely come back to you and. You know, like me and you've discussed recently, you know, I I, I want to try to, you know, get like a, a group of people on here to talk. So, yeah, hopefully when to, this is all when this yeah, is, when all, it's all over. over, we can try to get like a group over and just like do like a like like a major show of like the two jobbers in a wrestling yeah. podcast. Hopefully like, it think, would like, oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Would, like lead up a WrestleMania or something like that. Or Absolutely, you know. man. But uh, again, thank you for being on the show, man. I hope you Thanks had a for good having time. Me. I Hello, did. Absolutely. And uh, for Julian Rodriguez, I'm Jonathan Sample. Just keep jobbing, everybody.